Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Molly's Sleazy Friends. I've brought two of my sleaziest friends here for the February episode. Happy Valentine's Day. Welcome to the show, Tess Lynch and Emily Yoshida. Hi. Oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, gals. (laughs) Gals. Women, maybe. Women creatures. (laughs) Gals becoming women. Women becoming creatures. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a cross-promotional edition of Molly Sleazy Friends to promote a new podcast that the three of us are doing on the Audio Boom Podcast Network called Night Call. Night Call. This Night is SpawnCon. SpawnCon for Night Call. Yeah. Night Call is our new podcast. Um, it's not It's not a reboot of Girls in Hoodies so much as a, a gritty reimagining. Yeah, it's a gritty reboot. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's it's basically the podcast that, um, that Girls in Hoodies would be if we were living in the end times, um, which we are, so... It works out. It's great. I've always said that we were the lone gunmen. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm glad it finally came to pass. Um, yeah. Speaking of nuclear bunkers. Yeah. Uh, end times and uh, the ends of the world. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk just for a moment about uh, an interview I just did with a polar scientist whose name is Robin Bell, who works at Columbia. For the New York Times Magazine talk column that I interview people for sometimes now. It's pretty Uh, fancy. It's pretty fancy. It was the coolest thing. I just, you know, I turn into Chris Farley in that SNL sketch when I'm doing interviews. Like, if you ever hear yourself do an interview. Oh, it's the worst. Like, (laughs) I'm always always, uh, of two minds where I'm just like, I can either, like, cringe through listening to this all the way or send it to somebody else and let them know what an idiot I am. (laughs) Uh, It's a really tough decision. Uh, yeah, I definitely, when I listen back to it, just I say, like, wow, a million <laughs> times. But also, wow. everything she was saying made me go, wow. She got into, first she got into plate tectonics because she learned that the ocean floor was made up of all these, like, interconnected lines that if you push them back together were a puzzle that would make the supercontinent, mm-hmm. which had just been discovered at that time. And she was like, hey, isn't that cool? There's these magnetic lines on the ocean floor. Yeah. So she got really into plate tectonics, and then she was able to put some kind of – she got into measuring gravity fields, and she went to – this is my very unscientific (laughs) retelling (laughs) of a scientist's life. Uh, She got to go to Antarctica because she was, like, the only person who knew how to do this gravity meter that they were using to measure stuff in Antarctica. And so they, like, brought it on a plane because she said – when they first went to Antarctica, all they did was, like, drive boats around and measure everything they could. She's like, so we were just doing the same thing but on a plane. Whoa. Uh, and she became, like, the Antarctica person because she had this skill. Wait, so this is, like, measuring – there are, like, fluctuations in gravitational pull or something? Or, like, what – what is what is the gravity meter measuring? I That's a hard so. question. <laughs> okay, well, this is where I'm going to, is that she told me about one of the things they found in one of their trips to Antarctica was these volcanoes under the ice. That's so mm. wild. Isn't that the coolest thing you've ever heard in your life? Yeah. I was just like, it's a song oh. of fire and ice right there. Song. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the way they found them was that they were going around measuring stuff, measuring like the thickness of the ice, mm-hmm. uh, and one of and they found that there were all these places where there were these indentations, or the ice was thinner because and it was like sloping down. Right. And they were like, "Why is that happening? Oh, it could be because there's volcanoes." Under the ice. Wait, was that like the mouth of the volcano then? Yeah, it's the like because there was like some hot stuff it was mel- coming up. It was Magma. Mel- melting it from underneath. But I love that it's just Antarctica is so hardcore that it wouldn't even melt. Like you would you yeah. would just see an indentation on top. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. And there's like 90 volcanoes down there. Jeez. Uh, all I wanted like to hot know. Springs. Yeah. All I wanted to know was like, do you ever think you're going to find like an HP Lovecraft creature? <laughs> I was like, come on. Everything you're saying sounds like a crazy alien thing. Like, yeah. No, that's your other friend who works in Antarctica who does the <laughs> oh, deep sea yeah. life. My other friend, Lily Simonson, who uh, is an artist who works in Antarctica, uh, she dives under the ice, which is the other craziest thing I've ever heard of. You should have her on this podcast. You know, I will. I had her on North Mollywood yeah. once because uh, I was able to convince people that that was cool. And <laughs> that's why that was fun. Oh, you know why? Also, is because she was Beck's fanatic on MTV's Fanatic. Oh, right. I that's right. Like, that's so awesome. Yeah, which is so awesome. <laughs> I was like, there's an MTV angle and also then we can talk about how you've been to the Antarctic and, and dive they under the ice. They should reboot Fanatic. Like, that <laughs> is such a... They should do a lot of things. Because um, then they just had, like, they had the opposite of that. With No, that wasn't on MTV. It was on the CW, but they had haters. I don't know if I know I remember. Haters. Do you remember haters? I remember. It was hosted by Mario Lopez, and it was the opposite thing. So it was like, if you were a person who was known on social media for trashing XYZ celebrity, then they would, like, make you spend a day... With the person and decide if you still like hate them or not. Some real <laughs> so brutal. Some two yeah. thousands. Oh yeah, no. It was like uh I I think I think that they were promoting it the first time I ever went to the TCA, so that would have been like twenty eleven or something. So it's not that long ago. It was definitely like after Twitter had become a thing. Oh, it was like a Twitter like Yes. Yeah. Twitter haters. Yeah, and Twitter real, haters. Surely that will be cinematic. <laughs> right. And like, surely this is the worst thing that could ever happen on Twitter if somebody doesn't like Kim Kardashian. Yeah, uh, Twitter won't will never breed a new wave of fascism. No. That will terrify People us. People just all. might be mean to celebrities. Uh, <laughs> it's a real danger, guys. It's a real danger. Um we were talking so we last night Molly and I were talking a little bit about the the, the Antarctic scientist. And uh, we got into, like, a small debate about which is the best poll. Oh, yeah. Um, because I asked her. I said, I, I said, people must ask you, what's your favorite poll? And she was like, no one's ever asked me that before. But she had nice things to say about both of them. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. She was like, they both are really amazing. But she said Antarctica had her heart because it has the thickest ice. <laughs> she, I think she said fattest ice, right? Uh, yeah, she said fat ice, but and then, then T H I C C. Yeah, we decided who is that thick, <laughs> thick that with thick two C's ice. Yeah. Um, because you know, because of climate change, all the ice is becoming thinner everywhere, right. which is one of the ways we know climate change is happening. Which she was saying she could methane. She could weave it into any conversation. Yeah. Uh, she was so cool. That made me want to be a scientist. I love that you got to do that for for Times Talk. Yeah, it was great. It yeah. was awesome. Um, I have so much to say about Antarctica. <laughs> Wait, Tess, what's your favorite poll? Oh my god, it's such a divisive question. I it mean, is. it's literally two sides. Yeah. of the earth. polar opposites. Don't push away. Uh, I guess I'd go South Pole. 
Okay. I mean, what you're acting like North is the I obvious mean, winner. Let's hear Emily's. Yeah, uh, let's well, make a case. I mean, Antarctica's too cute for me. Um, I mean, everybody loves Antarctica because they've got those penguins and everything. Um, I mean, my favorite. So I. I, I I love Antarctica if I'm like if 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 it's just like would you like to watch a documentary about Antarctica like sure a hundred percent but if I have a choice uh, like with the like the original Planet Earth um, the Ice Worlds episode is my favorite uh, is that the one with the brine sickles <laughs> Molly and I were just talking about brine sickles the brine sickles <laughs> it's the one that has like uh, it's got polar bears uh and penguins because they do both poles um, nice, nice. i'm more of a polar bear person myself even though they're having a rough time right now uh you like the desolate sort of well also yeah. i was saying as we learned from elena smith's play icebergs spawn con mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. um there you can't really go to right. the north pole because it's in the middle of the ocean right. which is cool yeah it's just a, it's just an ice sheet and there's like there's this um expedition but, that goes up there right you used to, and now it's like they can't even get there because really of climate change that's what i learned from elena's play that it was like you can only go there there's like conditions where there's like a tight up piece of ice that will go where you can like right. be at the yeah. actual north pole but that because of climate change that piece of ice doesn't happen anymore Hold right up. are you talking about like an ice fairy <laughs> like the ice carries you there. What what do you mean like the ice? Yeah, it's like you have there has to be like a bridge of ice of enough ice, you know, that mm-hmm. now I'm getting real scientific. Yeah, uh, do it. The ice, ice bridge. We the backed ice, you in. The ice ferry takes okay. you. It's a ferry. It's a jitney made of ice. <laughs> takes you there. And then the polar bear waves hello. Yeah. I uh do you remember the Brian Phillips's um, Iditarod story at Grantland? Yeah. When he like goes on a prop plane to go like fly over Russia for a second and then comes back, but like saw polar bears over the like just while like he was Sarah going through Palin. I know. <laughs> well, it seemed a little more involved than like just opening your door and looking well, back out. Back to but... prop planes. Uh, Robin Bell told me that when you go to Antarctica, so it's like you have to take this tiny plane to go to Antarctica, mm-hmm. and then you get there, and you like land on the snow, and they open the back of the plane, and like the cold air comes in, and you start just like putting on every blanket in uh-huh. sight, and then there's just like you know ice and snow as far as the eye can see, but then McMurdo Station, which is the like mm-hmm. the international base, the USA base, is built around a volcano. Oh wow! An above ground volcano. So it gets fire heat. pit. Well, there's just a volcano there. No, it's freezing, but right. there's an active volcano that you're like looking at. And she was saying that they like flew over it because they wanted to check it out. And the pilots were like, "Well, we can only fly like so far above. Like we have to fly pretty high above it because it just shoots out lava balls at you." Whoa! Uh, so that is what makes Antarctica seem cooler to me. Is it just seems not cool? There's more going on in Antarctica. I'll give it that. It just seems like the closest to going to another planet. Yeah. yeah. My um, question is why wh- why would you be into like what's what makes polar bears so intriguing when they're just you we have they're bears. Cute. They're so cute and they're amazing. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't also know. like arctic foxes are also yeah, the best cute. fox. Oh, those are the um, best too. I love yeah. those in the planet Earth when they do that little like zoop. They go yeah, yeah. 
Um, we're, we're doing little like U-turns in the sky with our fingers. Um, no, I mean, I think also, well, you got Northern Lights. I mean, you have, there are, there are, there is an Aurora, I think, that shows up every once in a while on the South Pole, but it's obviously the most poppin' on the North Pole. Um, and I'm in, I'm very into Northern Lights. I'm also um, into Northern Lights. That's a good argument. Yeah, we're all into. Everyone's Northern Lights. looking at I me like, <laughs> well, how does she feel about Northern Lights? And I'm I'm kind of like I'll lump them with the polar bears. Like they're fine. Oh my god, no, they're fine. I went so I did uh, right after I got the job at Grantland. It was like my first like treat yourself vacation was like this you know super travels your deal to go to um, Iceland, um, and I just went for like five days with my mom, but uh, went on the tour where they like take you to the point where you're like most likely to see them that night and we actually got to see them on like the third try or something you, you only pay once and they'll keep taking you out until you see them because some nights they don't show up um and it's like it, when you see it with your naked eye it's like not it's barely anything but it kind of just looks like ghosts on the horizon because it's just sort of this wispy thing but then you take a picture with your camera and you can see it and it's like completely awesome <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool I, yeah. I got really upset because um a long time ago I auditioned for a commercial and I was called back and it shot in Iceland and it was a union commercial which means they fly you first class and it the, the theme of the commercial was the northern lights and it mm. was just like oh you having this like extravagant luxurious vacation oh with the northern lights and I got so excited because I was like like, I was called back to the point where I was like, oh, oh guys, mm -hmm. I'm going to go. And then afterwards, I almost felt like it was the Northern Lights that had screwed me oh, out so of no the job. Oh, so no wonder. You know you. what I mean? <laughs> where I was like, this is, because I was like, I felt so right for it. And I was like uh -huh. waiting by the phone. So you've been spurned by the Northern Lights. And this was like, I mean, it had it was more than 10 years ago. And I uh -huh. still am just like, yeah, because Northern Lights, you fine, yeah. fine. You came so close to getting so close. a free vacation to see the Northern Lights. The well, lights that guys, got away. Yeah. We should go to Canada where you can also see them. That's true. You yeah. can see them in Alaska. I'd like to go to Alaska a lot. Uh, I would also like to go to Alaska. A little afraid of going to Alaska because a contestant on Top Chef from Alaska did mention that once a bear entered her house and raided her refrigerator. Oh yeah, that just happens. That just happens. I liked that That's contestant fine. on yeah, Top Chef. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, it sounds not like the worst thing. It feels like it's symbiosis. Yeah, I think they're just, I think, you know. They're you just hungry. Live in tune with the land. Like a coyote could come in your house. No. They won't. But coyotes, I mean, a bear will stand <laughs> up. Like, no. <laughs> Think about it. Think it through. A bear will stand up and, like, open a door. And, like, a coyote is just going to, like, cry and then goes away. Like, they give up. They don't have the will. Do you ever get, cuts. like, too close to a coyote? I just saw a coyote, oh. like, two days ago. I love eat something I get on my block. freaked out. Oh, I, like, um. I've, I don't like that. I don't like thinking about how they eat cats, obviously. Yeah. But, like, when I see one and you just, like, make contact across the species barrier. You have your collateral moment. Oh, I love the collateral yeah. moment. <laughs> the <laughs> moment that was cut from the movie but is in the trailer where he sees the coyote. It's in the movie. No, it's not in the movie. Yeah. I don't think. I saw the movie, like, two years oh, ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I love, I love that movie. I love that yeah, movie, yeah, too. Yeah, Can good. we talk about... <laughs> Tom Cruise getting cucked by uh, Jamie Foxx and Katie Holmes. I don't know. Can we? Wait, what? Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx have been like dating for like five. Oh, but really? But they dated under the radar for They've been years. dating under the radar for so long. Yeah. Uh-huh. But they had to have met during Collateral, I'm right? sure. Yeah, uh, well, that was... Collateral, I think, was before uh, Katie Holmes and him were together. Because I really? think that the couch dance was in 2004. Five, I want to uh, say. If only we had Tom Cruise expert Amy Nicholson yeah. here to tell us. I think that that was like still Penelope Cruise when it was oh, Cruise and Cruise. Maybe you're right. Um, um, 
I would like to go do karaoke at that karaoke bar that's in Collateral. Oh, Collateral is, is the best Koreatown movie. Oh, my God. No, they shot it. Um, it's kind of... That huge club that I don't think is open yeah. anymore, uh, which was called La Privé for a while, um, which I only went to, like, briefly once. Um, but I, it was always, like, so fascinating to me. I remember at the time... Uh, yeah, that was like a, like the first big boom of Koreatown was around when that movie came out. That movie's awesome because it's like a great Koreatown movie and it's shot on digital, right? Yeah. And it looks it so looks, good. Yeah. yeah. That was the, because like I was always the person in, in film school having Same. arguments with people mm-hmm. about digital and film and being like, look, if they cost the same amount, yeah. it would be one thing, but we're all broke film students, so we're all going to shoot on digital yeah. and like, you know... It has a look that I like, and no. now I'm so nostalgic for that uh, <clears throat> old DV look. Right, because yeah. it was not the HD that like everything shot on now, and I think that that was the first one that turned me around on like it could be its own aesthetic. Yeah, and exactly. Then, and then uh, Zodiac was the second one. Oh, where I was like, Zodiac, yeah. yeah, which is like our. our did we, do, we did a pod on Zodiac, didn't we? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, Zod- I feel like we've we've had so many text exchanges since. <laughs> I, I watched it like twice in the last year because David is. It's like one of David's favorite films. Yeah, Johnny um, and I watch it like every week. Yeah, but I was like trying to figure out who. Who we all would be. I mean, I I don't actually know who I would be in it. Aside, I, aside from the fact that I always feel like I am Mark Ruffalo in whatever movie I see Mark Ruffalo <laughs> yeah. in. But <laughs> that's Wait, I think what I landed on. We're not supposed to be talking about this, I know, but you you finished Mindhunter, right, Molly? Have you watched? Mind I Hunter? never watched from No Mindhunter. What? No, you I haven't watched Mindhunter? I it thought you did. Stupid. I didn't uh, watch it. <laughs> I just started and I'm in. Oh man, I watched what I watched was uh, in like two days mm-hmm. was uh, was uh, Woodworm. Oh, um, which is like interesting. It felt. Wait, I think it's Wormwood, but wor- I really sorry, like I, what I, you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the word worms. I was like, well, it's a, I mean, yes, for it's it makes me think of a worm. Yeah, um, I was. I liked it. It's like interesting. It. I was ready for something so much more shocking to mm. be revealed in it. And instead it's just like it, it, the most interesting thing about it is just that it's about like this guy whose dad um, uh, like supposedly killed himself. He was, was working for um, the FBI or the CIA. I can't remember now or CIA. Uh, and then, uh, and then they found out later that he had been one of these guys early on who had been dosed with LSD and so people were thinking, you know, he had this mental breakdown because of that, but it ends up not being that. Um, but it's actually most interesting because this guy, his son, who's still alive, is just like it's consumed his entire life to figure out what happens. And he's like a really interesting character for the documentary. But as far as like insane revelations about the CIA go that you don't know if you don't spend the kind of Wikipedia <laughs> time that I know that we three do. Uh, I wasn't shocked by anything, but it was like it was fun to watch. Though. I mean, I think it's like finding out that people in the government were just sort of like giving out acid willy yeah. nilly is a little still a little crazy. Oh, it's insane. Well, especially because it was like pre counterculture, so it yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. having nobody... it confirmed. All that the men who stare at goats stuff. Yeah. Well, the, and that's the thing. The thing that was actually striking to me the most about it was like how cruel I found that to be. Oh, it's so cruel. Once yeah. you start thinking about the implications, especially if it's like 1950, whatever, and nobody really knows what acid is or what it does, there's not this like cultural 
understanding of it. So you're completely like you just must think that you're dying right. or like yeah. you're in the afterlife it's or something. It's in like some Manchurian candidate stuff too where it's like yeah. they were using it to try to brainwash people Yeah, and then it turned out it makes you like have no self which yeah. is yeah. way cooler. But um, Tess and I were talking about microdosing this week. I was trying to upsell Molly. I have not microdosed, but oh. I am. I am. She's get on the way. Interested She's to interested. read but I was about saying, it. I I followed microdosing because I had a friend who was like a cool my cool programmer friend was like into it first, you know, yeah. and was like, oh, like I know all these right. programmers that I remember, are like yeah. into micro, and that was like where I learned about it, and then it became and then it became the a Silicon thing, Valley a Silicon thing. Valley thing, where it's like do <clears throat> like take acid to like think of more ideas for so, products for is the worst. Yeah, no. but then you got like Islet Waldman being, you know, she's a mom crodoser. Well, I think that's funny. I it is mom funny. She's a mom crodoser. <laughs> <laughs> she's, you know, it's interesting. Are to you me. trying to ride the mom crodosing wave? No, I don't think I could. But I'm interested. I'm planning ahead. I know I some think other parents would be a great I know time. some other parents yeah. who have told me that that book made them think they could just be on a little bit of acid all the time and still I think be good parents. Thing. Oh, wait. Yeah. So you've never done it, Molly? No, I've never done acid because I'm a little too afraid of the inside of my brain. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really talk uh, you know, on the record about, like, where I was when I microdosed because yeah. I was, like, on somebody's clock. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember uh, that. I yeah. think I was with you. you I think yeah, you were yeah, with yeah. me. Yeah. That was a funny night because lots of people were on drugs and didn't tell me until much later. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how that's how normal it was. It was just it like, was. hey, I had to do some interviews, and they were, like, some of the best interviews I've ever done. So, so it worked. For, you were into it. Yeah, but, like, I, I don't I, – again, I, I like – it was fun to try once, but I don't like the idea of doing it for productivity. I think that that's yeah. like kind of garbagey and stupid. Um, I've had great experiences on such things, but nothing that had to do with work. You right, know? right. Um, I'm just, I don't know, something about it. I'm like, mushrooms just seem like they're from the earth. Oh, no. Oh, no, man. And like, no, mom, it comes from a we lab. We have to take guys. this off the record. <laughs> yeah. I, I can tell you some stories. I went deep into a Reddit on microdosing, and they said that the difference between acid and mushrooms in a microdosing context is that with acid, you are driving the car, and with mushrooms, you are in the back seat. So you, ha- you feel like you have less control. Didn't you yeah. say it was like with acid, you are the car? No. No, <laughs> but that would be if you were not microdosing. Oh, That's a mega dose. This turned into an Arrowhead podcast. <laughs> I mean, I would Arrowhead should have a podcast. They I would do. subscribe. They might at this point. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, internet conspiracy, uh, weird keep dark trying, corners keep trying. of yeah. the mind. Keep going, uh, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Uh-huh. Are we really alone in the universe? Uh, I mean, I would say probably. Well, okay. I always have like a boilerplate answer for this, right? Which is that like in the span of all time, no, probably not. But like we're never, we're never going to meet aliens. Right? Yeah. Like, I feel like the wanting to meet aliens is like somebody wanting like closure from a breakup yeah. that they're never going to get. Yeah. It's like. Do no, you, you do might. Do you guys know about the zoo hypothesis? Go on. Okay, so the zoo. Hi- so there's something called. I'm gonna look. I printed this out from Wikipedia, you guys. There's something called the Fermi paradox. Yes. Right. Which just means like there's a high probability of extraterrestrial life, but we have no evidence of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's strange. The zoo hypothesis is that there's extraterrestrial life, and they are either 
so intelligent or so experienced in their culture, mm-hmm. if you will, that they view Earth as like a zoo right. where they know that it would not be beneficial. It's not useful. Yeah, not beneficial to us or them to make contact, but, they, but they're watching. And also they probably know of like three or four other zoos and they're like, well, whatever, it's like another zoo. Exactly. Like we're like yeah. our own little biome. Yeah. Why is that of. so scary to think about like the planet as a zoo? Because it's it's I think we're supposed to think about aliens as being like equal or lesser than us. Like that's just like culturally what what everybody is like. Yeah, like think... that's why I love Arrival so much. Like that's yeah. a total zoo yeah. movie. Uh, I don't know. I think I think at this point. Wouldn't most people say that aliens are more intelligent than we are? Yeah, they got th- better aircraft. Well, yeah. this is uh, it in. brings us into other clandestine government stuff. Yes. Um, so I, I forget what. Oh, so we were talking about the whole um, the the Pentagon, you know, black money uh, research into UFOs that was revealed by the New York Times. I feel like at the end of last year. Um, and then it made me, when I listened to this podcast, that my fiance, when we originally started dating, told me it was like the most insane podcast or like episode of anything he'd ever listened to. It was It's a Fresh Air um, with Terry Gross from, I think, mm, like 2011 or something like that. Um, and uh, it's with this woman. Uh, oh, sorry. I had the name here and then I totally forgot it. Um uh, Annie Jacobson, who uh, reported on it's a, it's a book about Area 51. It's about a lot of different things, but she's like the woman who um, revealed that, like through I guess sources, unnamed sources, but sources that she said were like were in a position to know and were like in the room after the crash happened um, outside in in, Ro- in Roswell um, that uh, that there the 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 vehicle was not there was not an alien autopsy. Because they're the um, inhabitants were alive, um, and that they were uh, t- like quote tiny child sized pilots. They were like human mutations, um, the subject of human experimentation um, that were sent over from Russia to freak us out, like War of the World style. Um, I. I- yeah, and I didn't know about any of this when I was listening. So it would be one thing, I think, to read the book and, like, get to that passage. But I was, like, listening to this on a train, and I was, like, sweating. I was, like, <laughs> what's she going to say? What's inside the saucer? What is it? Um, and uh, and then I felt like I had to share it with you guys because it was um, – it, it, it freaked me out, and I 100% believe it. <laughs> okay, well, that is a lot like the other thing, which is that I, I got really into this Netflix show called Conspiracies – which is a show that sort of presents you with all these conspiracy theories and then walks them back. Mm-hmm. Like it's like here's all these crazy people talking about like things they really genuinely believe and then it's like here's why none of those things are probably mm-hmm. true. But some of the people are really convincing. Some of the conspiracies like there's an episode about uh music business, music people and one of the conspiracies is like Jim Morrison didn't really die on the toilet or in the bathtub or whatever. He died at like a club down the street in hmm. Paris. And then people like brought him back to the apartment so the club wouldn't get sued. Oh, huh. But there were like people who saw him at the club that night and that he like overdosed at the club. And yeah. then someone came to like pick him up and they like staged him dying in the bathtub. Seems like so why, much work. Why? And what What difference does that just for the club? Yeah. Just for the sake of the club? Yeah. So the club doesn't get shut down because somebody 
overdosed. But clubs, a famous person overdosed. Clubs continue, and go. yeah. And Maybe because like, it's bad publicity. It seems like it might be good publicity. Yeah, I mean, like, the Viper Room is still going. Exactly, yeah. Oh, that's so gross, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, like weird pilgrimages ugh. that people do. Well, <clears throat> uh, other episodes of Conspiracies include one on the moon landing. Oh, yeah. That... Uh, Mostly told me stuff I had never heard before about the Russian space program. Uh-huh. Uh, and some of the conspiracies were like, the Russian space program was like mostly just making stuff up. Because mm. they were saying like, when Russia said like they were going to send a man to the moon, they were like bluffing. And yeah. then America put all its resources into beating them. Yeah. And being like, we're going to do it first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Russia had been sort of like, yeah, we couldn't actually do that. We can just like send people up in sort of like tin can yeah. things mm-hmm. and then they come back down. But then they were saying that like maybe because Russia was just like telling, you know, talking about its successes and not so much about when they had failed attempts at things uh-huh. that maybe a lot of people had just died. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go talk. There are these Italian guys who claim to have. In the 40s, I guess, 50s? When I think, yeah, 50s. 50s, 50s, 60s. These Italian guys claim to have, like, as children, been into ham radio, found a signal that turned out to be, like, Russian space stuff somehow. Uh-huh. And they made home recordings of all these, like, failed Russian space missions that are just the sounds of people dying in space. Oh my and they God. said they had like all of these they made a makeshift kind of control room with all of these like radios and the oh reenactment in the conspiracy documentary is like you know not very good <laughs> no. but there's the sound they play you the tape of, oh like, my God a woman they're like you know they had like this female cosmonaut and there's the sound of somebody like realizing they're going to die in space oh my god or that like they've been shot into space and they can't come back down right uh so the audio recordings definitely convinced me that it was real even though it might not be because i was like even if it's not real they put so much effort into making this and you mean like, what real the our moon landing or no, like these, just the recording. These recordings oh, the that recordings. these Italian guys yeah. made of yeah. these Russian yeah. failed space missions. Tested uh, not believe. I honestly was really underwhelmed by this documentary. I, I, know. I really wanted to believe. I was like, it. Tess, you're going to be so scared. I couldn't finish it. There was <sighs> something for me about when you have a panel of people who are impassioned trying to make arguments yeah. about something like the moon landing wasn't yeah. real. And I'd really like to find them credible. But there was one man in particular, I cannot remember his name, but he is a person who can say that he was punched by, I think, Buzz Aldrin. Oh, that guy was a dick. I mean, he he was so... I mean, Buzz Aldrin's a dick, too. Yeah, but he he was stalking these astronauts, asking them to swear on Bibles that they had not faked moon. And obviously the astronauts were like, I'm not going to, you know, dignify anything you're doing with any kind of response. They are such dicks, though. They're like, we went to the fucking moon. You're like, chill out. But to be fair, if like. I don't know. If I went to the moon, I probably would. Whatever. I'd be bragging. I'd be like, spend those resources on actual stuff we need. But the person seemed to be so 
like everything that you know it, he was very based in a in a passionate place about his belief but i didn't think that he had any evidence in particular other than an unsettled feeling about the yeah, footage yeah he was of the like moon his main thing was like the flag waves wrong and like the pictures are too clear yeah. and then they were like there are actually all these bad photos they took right. they were like they how could the they take one. such good photos with like the clunky like spaceman gloves yeah. on and then they were like, oh, they took all these, like, out-of-focus ones, too. Yeah. You just the waving only see the flag, The waving flag, too, was explained by the fact that, I mean, I think his argument was, like, there's no atmosphere. Right. So there's no wind. So why would it be waving? It's and not then, wave. It's just floating. It's Well, at some point, there's a ripple. And okay. the explanation given by a kind of a debunker of this conspiracy theory was that anything you touch won't stop Right, because there's you no... Know, exactly. Um, what it's called? What's the opposite of momentum? Uh... Yeah, drag yeah. or something. This is a science podcast. Anyway, yeah, we're scientists. We're talking about science things. Yes. Um, Dr. Yoshida. I mean, my my feeling, though, about the thing of, like, we shouldn't have spent so many resources on the moon landing is, like, I would rather we spent whatever, you know, billions of dollars on that, like, just to prove ourselves to, against Russia in some sort of weird, like, dick measuring contest than, like, actually going to war. Yeah, yeah um, but there are options besides those. <laughs> right, but, like, you asshole's spend... gonna asshole, you know? I know. Like... <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just being, being a dick. Being a, a moral dick. <laughs> um... I, I, of course, it's cool to go to the moon, but <laughs> I'll grant you if we did go to the moon, I think we went to the moon, but I do think it's kind of silly. Well, but I do. Oh, but one of the things I also learned from the polar scientists was that there's a mountain range in Antarctica that there are more samples of the moon than of this mountain range. Oh, right. Because it's so hard. It's so, it's so hard to get it's so, to. Yeah, yeah. It's like very high up and also just in the middle of nowhere. Does anything live there? Or is it impossible she's to not, tell? She's not like a biologist, but she said probably there's like bacteria and crazy microbes like there are in Antarctica. Yeah. Because I also asked her if she had been like into space science at all as a person who like studies extreme climates. And she's mm -hmm. like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> boring. Uh, boring. But she, I love that she like she's like out of my jurisdiction as far as like life anywhere goes. Like, no, but the other she said, because um, I asked her if she was the only woman on her first trip there and she mm -hmm. said no there was another woman the first time she went uh who now is like the head of exoplanets at nasa oh, wow the head of protoplanets yeah. and like in charge of uh working on that thing where they're going to send a little probe to europa to see if oh, there's yeah. a an ocean under the ice planet there surface. is yeah. yeah so she was like the emily other... already knows <laughs> the other ice expert lady yeah. that would be because that's like um it's what's what is it's not a water ocean. It's um it's a gas that's that's uh been cooled down to be a liquid. Ugh, um, I love stuff like that. It's it's like nit nit nitrogen or something like that. It's a nitrogen <laughs> ocean. Uh yeah no that's that that stuff I love. Um, I like that kind of science. Yeah, I like when you meet the aliens and they're a gas. Yeah, <laughs> no that's uh, yeah I I I've I've always wanted to do something where it's like a uh or write something where. There's just like a climactic like search for aliens, or aliens are sending signals, and it ends up it's just like, like a film or something, yeah. or some like like kind of you know substance, something that gets probiotic, stuck your, yeah, yeah, <laughs> something that gets stuck under your fingernails, like R.I.P. Ursula Gwyn, y'all. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Other worlds. Uh, 
<clears throat> what else did I want to say about the moon? Oh, there was one other thing in that documentary that was real that I was the most disturbing because it was real. Okay. Which was that uh, they talked about, I think it was Apollo 9? It was the Apollo that was not Apollo 11. Right. Where everybody died. Okay. Um, and Wait, when was that? It was like in the early 60s okay. before the moon landing. They were trying to send people to the moon and like working on it real hard. And there was a big launch where everybody died like on the ground, basically, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. as soon as it took off. Yeah. Uh, but there's audio of that. No, and they I don't want to played it in the documentary, and no. I was like, "Oh, I wish yeah. I could unhear that." And then I was telling my dad about it, and he remembered it obviously because mm-hmm. he was like a kid who was into space, yeah, and in the '60s. And he said that one of the things about it was that they like found like fingernail scratchings on the ah. inside when <laughs> he trying to claw their way out. No, but this conspiracy documentary made the argument that NASA killed this astronaut on purpose because he was oh, yeah. being really snotty about NASA in public. Okay, because he was like like a cool he was really cool <laughs> he was like too cool for well NASA. they they kept making the point that like astronauts were like cool like sexy like sex symbols which was so weird yeah but of they kind of were. were they yeah. were all these like hot hot guys in space. mavericks it was yeah. weird uh and this guy was like a hot guy who was like funny and was like yeah we're never gonna like nasa's just talking out of its ass like we don't we're not there at all Well, because there was so much bluffing and he yeah, kind of right. called them out on it they were bluffing and he was like we're totally bluffing and nasa didn't like that so there are conspiracy theorists who are like NASA killed him in a space launch on purpose because he's making NASA see, look bad. Now, but since, that makes NASA look bad to yeah. kill someone in a space since, launch. Since watching Wormwood, I, I just feel like it wouldn't just be that he was bad mouthing them. He had to know some like serious shit. I think that they they to... mentioned that he. Well, I mean, he might have known yeah. some stuff though. That's I think the thing. But too, like is they're stuff like, that that would be really really damning. Like well, maybe he knew all where all the other bodies were buried maybe. from NASA, and you know where they're probably buried is in Devil's Gate. Okay. And wait, is that, <laughs> is that in Pasadena? Devil's Gate. Yeah. Oh, Devil's Gate's the best. Devil's Gate is the place in Pasadena where JPL, Jet Propulsion Labs, started, which like sort of became NASA, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and that's where Jack Parsons, yeah. who's the cool, super hot rocket scientist. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll be the, rating the hotness no, of he's astronauts hot. and scientists. No, I know. I did, I did a talk about For him. For real hot. And, um, and uh, Marjorie, uh, Marjorie Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. The coolest people in L.A. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a time to be yeah. living in Pasadena. Rocket scientists seen this. <laughs> so they held satanic rituals in Devil's Gate, which was a place where, like, People had historically held rituals. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Was that like I just knew about the stuff that they did at, at the house? They did at the on house Orange but they, Grove Avenue. They did stuff at the house on Orange Grove Avenue where they were also buds with Elrond. Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff did they off. do, you guys? They had like sex rituals. They had sex stuff. parties. Nice, nice. Sex parties and like uh, they tried. They were trying to like manifest the Antichrist, uh, like the Christ Child. Yeah. Of the devil. Crowley. Yeah. They yeah, were doing Crowley, Crowley stuff, and, he, and Crowley thought that they were all like full of it too, because yeah. he was like he was like writing him letters and like asking for advice for how to do these rituals, and he's just like, I think you're full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys are too West Coast and yeah. jazzy. Yeah, you're making Satanism too too <laughs> sexy and fun. But they did. Um, but they would do some ritual magic in Devil's Gate, and then also that was where they did all the early rocket tests. Mm. Um, and you can go there, and it's called Devil's Gate because there's a scary devil face rock. 
Um, and it's the coolest place in the world. What do you think it is about doing rockets that, like, um, like I, I, I feel like there's a really high probability that Elon Musk does, like, sex rituals and tries to summon the Antichrist. Um, that's not even up for debate. No, we it's know like, he yeah. has well, sex parties. He has sex parties, but I'm talking about, like... Is he like, trying to summon is the Is he trying oh, yeah. to Antichrist. manifest the Antichrist? Of course he is. And also, anybody who wants to, like, shoot a dick into space... Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I, I guess it's just that, right? I but, also like, is got, there any... I got into, because I looked, I was looking him up and I found out that there was like maybe some other rocket scientist who was like a German rocket scientist, uh, American rocket scientist in the 30s, whose name was Musk. And I was like, ooh, is Elon Musk related to like Operation Paperclip, like Nazi yeah. scientists? Because yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised. Of course, yes. I hate all his stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like the theory that Amber Heard is like long con scamming him. Um, that would be great. Either that or she is uh, the the whore of Babylon. Uh. Who's going to help them summon? <laughs> yeah. The... yeah. I think just probably like that's the thing, though, is you're like sex party. Like Satan is sex parties sound cool unless you think about like it's Elon Musk having it. No, it sounds right. horrible. <laughs> it depends on who's invited to the yeah. satanic sex party. No, can you? I, I, I feel like the people who would actually like not just be like, oh, sounds cool to go to a satanic sex party. The people who actually like, do it. Yeah. Invest their resources and do it. I think those people probably suck and are like a drag to hang out with. That's my unpopular opinion. Satanists are much better. An imagined Satanist is the best Satanist. Satanists are chill, and I feel like real Satanists would be anti-capitalist. Right, exactly. So I can't really get down with, like, that's like Bohemian Grove, which is that thing. You guys know what it is, but for our listeners, (laughs) (laughs) it's... um, I keep forgetting that people are going to listen to this. Uh, (laughs) um, Bohemian Grove is this crazy, uh, like... Big Sur, so not Big Sur, but like somewhere in the Marin somewhere, or something, somewhere like in the forest, uh, right wing, and also just general uh, rich person. That was like one of these scandals recently was involved Bohemian Grove, right? Well, it sounds stupid. It just sounds like it's like they all just like pee everywhere. Yeah. is the big yeah. thing. Everybody gets so drunk they pee everywhere. They're marking. Yeah, it's like they're it, spraying. It's like stonemason stuff. Like it sounds cooler in theory. Yeah, and also with all of these things, then you remember that it's like no women allowed yeah. unless they're there to be orgy party favors, yeah. and then it gets a lot less fun sounding. No, I know. I never thought any of that Bohemian Grove stuff sounded fun. Like yeah, and they did like a thing kind of about like kind of based on that in the True Detective season two too. I kind of liked like... that. I was just thinking. About it. <laughs> I was like, what about that sex party from True Detective season two? That seemed okay. Uh, <laughs> no. It was an eyes wide shut party. I think that like our takeaway here is mostly just that if you're a rich capitalist, like you don't get to like co-opt yeah, you can't Satanism, have Satanism or do acid or anything. Like that stuff right. is not for you. Well, that's I just I totally <laughs> agree with that. It's like it's inherently not countercultural, and that's what I hate about like Apple as a company right. is that they obviously their whole thing was like. Steve Jobs is the guy who, like, took a psychedelic and then thought of some stuff to sell. And that's yeah. what all those guys think they're going to do. Yeah. But, you know, there were a lot of, like, uh, hippies who became yuppies. Yeah. And who sold out and were like, selling out is the new not selling out. <laughs> I do think it's, like, completely possible. And whatever. I don't think that Steve Jobs is, like, I don't know. I don't care about Steve Jobs, really. But I think that it's possible if you're him in that stage before anybody, like, knows what a personal computer is to, like, have the idea and not even have it occur to you as, like, a thing of... 
like I'm gonna get I'm gonna be a billion gazillionaire off of this. It's more just like whoa, man. Like what if we could? Do? And then like quickly it turns into like I a, know, but it's everything also, goes like that. You know, it also just perpetuates the idea of like one great man has a oh, great yeah, idea, yeah, yeah. and it's not He's because touched, like, his brain was touched by God. Yeah, like a million other people were working on things like that yes. leading up to that point. He just knew how to shout sell out, it. Shout out to Hong Catchfire. <laughs> yep. He knew how yeah. to market it as being fake countercultural. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, obviously now, anytime you see somebody try to be like, the alt-right is the new punk, it's like, well, punk was a marketing scheme yeah. <laughs> to begin with anyway. Uh, there's also a good thing in the conspiracies episode about how the BBC blocked God Save from the, the Queen from being number one. Because oh, really? it was going to go number one for the Queen's Jubilee, so the BBC banned it, which was obviously like great publicity for the yeah. Sex Pistols and uh-huh. worked out in their favor. Because yeah. then it was like, oh, it's banned by the BBC. Right. Uh, but it, w- it was blocked by... The shadowy British. Uh, See, that was going to be where I would go immediately if Cardi B didn't go to number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. That was the only. That was like the only good thing that happened. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I would have. I would have seen. But I. I guess. I guess it lets every, everybody wins in the end. Taylor well, it gets shows to keep Taylor her. Swift can be defeated, which is actually something I didn't know could yeah. happen, and I'm um, glad about. Yeah. And that to me shows that the alt right can be defeated. <laughs> <laughs> if she's your proxy, guys, if you claim her as your proxy, yeah. <laughs> taking her down. She can yeah. go down. No, I uh yeah, I, I feel like I've been so um out of out of touch with like most culture, like anything like we yeah, used to talk about, cares? like Taylor Swift or anything like that. Yeah, because like none of it matters. No. Uh that's why it's cool to just hang out in your little cave and watch conspiracy theory just shows. Watch, or just watch Zodiac over and over and over and over uh, again. You know, I find that really comforting. Wait, how do you feel? Okay, so you don't like the valorization of, of um, astronauts. Do you like um, Do you like the right stuff? I've never seen it. You've never seen it? No, oh I actually God. haven't seen like any astronaut movies except 2001, which is a great anti-astronaut movie. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the true astronaut movie. Oh, that uh, movie's so scary. I love it. Yeah, yeah. no, that's 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 a top 10 for me. Uh, we should maybe wrap it up because we've been going for a while, but we could obviously- <laughs> I hadn't even noticed. Keep going as um, long as we want, but we should save, save some for- Night right. call. new venture. So we, we should like we should just talk about our podcast. Yeah, let's a little talk bit about night call. Yeah. So we've only recorded a test episode, so we can't make too the many. The test episode died in space. Yeah, so it's too hot to air. <laughs> uh, its screams are are available like to torrent somewhere. If you and actually into. Molly's cats uh, are oh yeah actually screaming on the test. <laughs> oh yeah, and their claw marks. Yeah, they can be seen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a kind of a very similar format to how hoodies worked, except there's going to be a call in element. <laughs> Do we have the number? No. Um, I no, know. we don't have it yet. I think yes. we're going to release it. I think we it do on, have it. We do have it, but I feel like we should release it. Well, well when is this podcast going to come February. Okay. Um, I know that the last five digits are night. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're going to – and so you can kind of call in and um, – Ask us questions. Ask us questions. Requests. Uh, requests, advice, uh, conspiracy theories of your own. Uh, it's just going to be a big chat. It's, no haters. Yeah. No haters. It's a hate-free chat. Only Frasers. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can be pa- as paranoid as you want, but you can't be a hater. Exactly. That's that's the <laughs> that's the rule there. Oh man, that totally. Oh, we should talk about this other um, movie if you want to talk about like conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll, we'll save it, but it's called Grey State, and it was, like, produced by Werner Herzog, and it's, like, one of the darkest things that I watched last year. Um, All right. You had me at 
Yeah. And grace tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it um, about the tall grace? No, it's about a guy who uh, kind of, he was making a home, like a, a DIY movie um, that was about like, um, the deep state basically and uh and how we were all gonna like have chips put in our brains and stuff like that and he was like totally like alex jones loved him like he was just like a total um emblem of all these movements that would eventually become the alt-right and then he uh killed himself and his family and everybody thought that he got murdered by the government um which yeah it's just like miserable sounds <laughs> Sounds right up our alley. Very yeah. 2018. Yeah. Um, In the year 2018, the only podcast left. Well, if you call. get, I, I think that our our piece of advice should be that if you do get secretly murdered by the government, make sure it's for the right reasons. Exactly. <laughs> Please don't waste it. Don't waste it. Be a hot astronaut who's like not afraid to tell the truth. Yeah. That guy was so cool. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Sight unseen. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I'm just saying. There are some cool astronauts. Yeah. Not not, not all, all astronauts. astronauts. <laughs> Last Twitter question. You. Do you guys like astronaut ice cream? Um, no. Gimmick. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not into that. I'm not into dipping dots either. I don't like dipping dots, but I do like astronaut ice cream. And one of the most depressing things for me was like the hype that I invested in getting my five-year-old to try astronaut ice cream and he was just so disgusted he was like it's, it's dust yeah it's like that's, it is that's it's what dust. i like about it it's like yeah. sub cotton candy you yeah. know what you should do is sprinkle it on real ice cream that's like a chop challenge it oh, is yeah, yeah. Mm. uh it's like um it's like moon dust that's like a little flavored yeah there's like a hint of something that's supposed to be fun to eat, yeah. like a dessert. Yeah, that's what it'll be like in space. Yeah, after your brain is melted, you'll be like, mm, astronaut ice cream. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming by, guys. Of course, thanks for having us. We'll Can't see. wait to pod more. Yeah, into I'll see the future. You soon on Night Call. Yeah, check out check out our new podcast and uh, follow. Who's left on Twitter? Well, maybe we'll start a night call Twitter. Yeah. yeah. We'll start a night call Twitter. It'll happen. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Treat treat the ones you love with respect and d- dignity. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Don't die in space. Yep. Mildly sleazy friends. <laughs>